Morning, Kelly. Good morning, Lynn. How are you today? I'm great. Happy Monday. Okay. Well, welcome to Tell Me More About Co-Housing with Lynn Morstead and Kelly Soika. Co-Housing Houston is a multi-generational, community-minded group of people who share the values of connection and sustainability. We are developing the first co-housing project in Texas and Houston, even ahead of Austin. <laughs> so I've got a question for you on this lovely, cool for Texas um, Monday morning. Yes. Let's say something about our background music. You know, we've been <laughs> talking about our background music. And maybe you could explain to our audience what our background music is. Yes, this is how you know that this is an urban co-housing. Um, we are each recording from our respective homes, not yet in co-housing. So both of us live um, inside the loop in Houston. And one of the constant background uh, pieces of music that plays <laughs> your ears <laughs> is the sound of leaf blowers. And Monday is leaf blower day in the museum district. If you've ever wondered where all those live oak leaves go, they get pushed by tiny motors around into the storm drains and it happens on Mondays. So the kind of constant drone sound you hear is from my house, which is, and, and a leaf blower. And then Lynn, sometimes you have leaf blowers, but not usually on Mondays, right? Yeah, Mondays now, but we're into heavy construction here. So one of the houses across the street is finally being rebuilt after Harvey, the hurricane that we had here a few years ago. So we've got uh, concrete being poured and, uh, and we're actually replacing our front lawn too. I lost the battle. Um, I wanted to have AstroTurf put down. I know this is absolutely heretical and horrendous, but after spending thousands of dollars several, every few years of replacing our lawn, I am done and I'm ready to lay down plastic. So <laughs> anyway, all of that um, as an introduction to our music. So in case you're wondering. Yeah. So what's our topic today? Well, we were going to talk about what is an explorer. And I'm not sure that everybody listening will know exactly what that term is. So I thought we'd maybe first go through what the explorer, explorer versus member concept is yeah. in forming co-housing groups. Yeah, that's great. I had one uh, person tell me in a meeting last week, I feel like I'm going back into the Boy Scouts or something. What exactly, <laughs> what exactly is an explorer? And actually, I do use on the website, uh, sometimes I'll have explorer events and I'll use that little compass uh, kind of from orienteering as my uh, background for yeah. that announcement. So an explorer, this is, of course, if you know anything about co-housing in the United States, you'll know that a lot of people use this explorer concept in co-housing. It's not anything that we invented in Houston, although I think it's very cool. I would like to claim having invented it. <laughs> So the idea is that you spend a little bit of money. Uh, it's not a huge investment. And we, in Houston, we've set the price at 150, but you spend a little bit of money, put a little skin in the game, and then you enter in as a um, person who is allowed to participate in all of the in, inside team events. You're no longer on the outside looking in. You get to sit in on our decision-making meetings. You get to have access to one-on-one -on -one conversations with our financial team, our design team, even our developer will sit down and talk to you. Our architect is moving into our community. So when you attend community meetings, that's a great way to get to know 
her and what her style is and how she sees uh, connections and living in community, which I think is really interesting, you know, to really have a chance to really get to know your neighbors before you even move in together and to make a decision about where you live based on the people as opposed to how close is the nearest grocery store or dry cleaners. Yeah, for me, it's like when people look around, you know, look around the room and make sure that these are the people who you want to live in community with, you know, are they the kinds of people who you want to see every, um, you know, once a week at a community dinner, a couple times a week, are these the people you want to say hi to on your way in. And, you know, you're not one to three months isn't a very long time in the context of, of living near other people, but it at least gives you a sense of, you know, is this my tribe or right. is this group doing something really different? And I'm not ready for that kind of thing yet. Um, so it's a good it's a good time to kind of figure out um, where you fit in and where co-housing fits into your life also. Yeah. So one of the things that we do is that we um, so if somebody decides they want to be an explorer. Um, I think very quickly um, arrange a 90 minute to two hour orientation session with them. And what we, that's kind of for me is the, the stake in the sand at which, so you pay your 150 and I will only arrange this orientation for people if they pay me the 150, because we're spending a lot of our time and effort doing these orientations and our time is also worth something. So we, I've, I've learned through the school of hard knocks over the last few years of doing <laughs> this, that I, I'm not giving you an orientation unless you pay. <laughs> so um, anyway, they, they pay that, I schedule it, I invite some of the members. I, sometimes I'll just cast a really broad net. Sometimes I try and match up who comes to the orientation from our membership to kind of line up with whatever that individual situation is. So, you know, if it's a younger family with kids that line up, I'd be inclined to make sure you're on the call, Kelly, or maybe um, another one of our families who has an 11-year-old. So, you know, I, I try and line that up. Um, if it's, uh, then, then what happens is um, we go through this orientation and at the end of the orientation, so I, you know, I explain to them a lot of the business mechanics, which they very quickly forget because it's just way too much. It's like drinking from a fire hydrant in those 90 minutes to two hours. So then what I do is I give them at the end of that, a kind of a checklist, a to-do list. So these are the things that I typically tell them. And in fact, I was thinking after I did it this last Saturday, I really need to create a slide for that so that we can kind of all be talking off the same page in case I can't do it. So these are the things that I put on this, um, on this list for them. First of all, I start out by saying, you know, think of it as a discernment period. If that means something to you, depending on your background, you might be, think of that as a, as a way of positioning um, how you think about a major change in your life. So it's a discernment period. And often people think of a discernment period as having several steps to it. So I tell them to print out the membership for application that's on our website. Because even though that is not something that they're going to do in the next few days, although we have had some people do that, mm -hmm. um, just think of it as a to-do list because it's a one-pager that just has a bulleted list of things that you are stating that you understand and that you agree to when you put in your 
application for membership. And so I think it's really important to maybe use that as a guide because you don't want to get to the point where you decide, you know, I'm really keen on this. I want to apply for membership. And then you pull up that form and you go, oh, shoot. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't really understand this thing about. Or I didn't even know to ask this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that's one thing I tell them to do right at the outset. The other thing I tell them to do is, you know, you and I, when we're leading out these, you know, orientation sessions, we are definitely not the most expert on our team in terms of talking about the finances and what kind of financial arrangements they will make to ramp up their down payment. So really, I want to get out of that business of being responsible for whatever information is imparted. So schedule a meeting with the lead for the finance team. And then by the same you know, token, I don't want to be responsible for knowing all the details about the unit layouts. And so turn them over to the, the head of the design liaison team and say, go meet with her, set up a time with her, and you, know, you guys can talk about the unit layout to your heart's content. And the other thing I get them to do is to connect up with the person who helps them write up a nice little introduction to themselves so that we can introduce them to the, the whole team. And I love that. Haven't you loved some of the cool things that have come up? Yeah. It's really great because you kind of get this sense of, you know, a well, one, a picture too of like something from their lives that you wouldn't know otherwise. And then you get kind of yeah. the CV details, you know, so you've got a basis to talk to people. You, you know, something about them. It's great. I know. I like that, that basis to talk to them like, Hey, I didn't know that you were, you know, keen on mountaineering or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's been really great. I'm so thankful that our consultant gave us that suggestion. And then the other thing that I've started really emphasizing, and um, it's worked remarkably well, is to just tell people show up at a team meeting, because it's kind of like if you've ever been involved in churches and you've shown up at, at a church, you know, the only way to really get to know people and get to know what the congregation there is to show up at some sort of small group meeting. You can't just, you know, show up on Sunday, sit in the pew and expect to get to know people and develop relationships. And that's kind of the equivalent of our big once a month, all member meetings. You know, you can't just show up, especially now on zoom, you can't even have a sidebar conversation during a break. Um, you just don't get to know people. So show up at the small meetings and we make those available to everybody um, some people have been really great on our team, like our design liaison lead. She'll invite people over for coffee. She's amazing. And I know, Kelly, you've you've actually gone on walks with people. Yeah, what? I go on walks. I like that because you are able to kind of have a free range conversation um, outside of the confines of like, what about co-housing? You know, it's much more like, let's just get to know each other. I really enjoy that. I like that a lot. And it's interesting because one of my things that I think about when I think about an explorer is, you know, somebody who does all of these things is a really great explorer. You know, they are really mm -hmm. um, following their curiosity. Um, and the other thing that I've noticed over time is that people who show up and have this kind of open um, mind about what is co-housing, what does a community look like? they tend to be really uh, great at figuring out whether or not this is right for them. And also really great if they convert to members, they're really great members because mm -hmm. they've really kind of um, adjusted to this idea that we're gonna live in a consensus environment. I'm going to be able to shape how I think things should go. 
but I'm not going to be able to, you know, put a, put a draw a line in the sand and say, this is how things have to be. Um, and so it's interesting to have that kind of curiosity. And so a lot of explorers display that when they're in that time period, you know, really being curious about how this all comes together. I know. And I've, I've actually bit, I'm sometimes a bit taken aback when people take us seriously about showing up at these small team meetings, because they'll even show up at our coordinating team meeting. Yeah. And, and, you know, we sometimes, you know, talk about a lot of things in that difficult topics. And so it's been really very healthy for us to just have explorers show up because then we were really having to, you know, walk the talk there in those meetings about, you know, being transparent, being respectful and being very considerate of the broader membership that's not there. And the same in all the other, like the finance team or the membership and marketing team or the process team like we're having tonight. So I um, I love it when they show up, but I'm also like, oh, okay, you're actually really coming here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's good. You know, I've noticed too that um, explorers sometimes have uh, contributions to what we're working on that we all didn't think about because all of us work on co-housing and think about co-housing, you know, a lot. We're all moving in and we all kind of have integrated a lot of information. Um, And sometimes they'll ask a question that really breaks us out of that. There's a lot of value in having um, new eyes looking at what you're working on. I enjoy that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what happens um, when people, you know, what kind of people actually, you know, you've talked about about what your, some of your experiences are, observations about um, when people show up and how they interact. Any other observations or things you wanna say about how people step into this explorer period? Well, you know, I, I think that we, we get kind of um, maybe two, we, okay, maybe three kinds of explorers, right? So one are just like, they know they want to do this and they're, they've been thinking about it. They've done all of kind of the work of figuring it out outside of the explore period. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think about M- Mike and, and me, like we came in to this already knowing about co-housing, already knowing this is what we want. We would not have been like really useful mm-hmm. explorers, you know? So yes. we were, we did like kick the financial tires for sure, but, um, but the rest of it, we didn't really do. So there are those people. But then there are some people who come in who like, this was not on their radar. You know, this is totally something they heard about it. Somebody told them about it. And um, I think they've shared with you kind of their reaction to, um, you, you said that people have, have commented that it kind of throws them into a tizzy. They kind of aren't, right. aren't sure what to do. Yeah, one person, one person told me that, well, I've had a couple of people tell me that, you know, that the night that they came to the information session and they really just, it kind of like sparked this fire inside them. They didn't sleep all night long. It just really (laughs) stirred them up at a very deep level. I think that's awesome. But that I also don't want people to think co-housing is going to make it. So it's hard to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The other, okay. So then the third kind of people who I think we attract and who tend to be really um, interesting explorers are people who are approaching some sort of life juncture change. Like, mm-hmm. you know, go, know they're going to have a baby soon, know that they're, you know, know that their kids are going to be leaving the, you know, home soon, um, know that they are retiring and thinking about where they want to spend their retirement. You know, those kinds of life juncture um, junctures for people, I think, causing is a mm-hmm. moment where they think, oh, maybe this is what I want. 
And so it's been interesting where some people think, yes, I, this is what I want. I'm in. And then we have some people who are just like amazing explorers. They would be great community members, but they're like, thank you so much. I have, this was so clarifying. I've decided to move to North Carolina. And you're like, I know, I know. I'm no, no, wait, we want you to decide for us. Yeah. yeah, But it's, you know, it's in looking at this, that it clarifies for them what their priorities are and what community means to them. And so, you know, in the end, it's best for everybody because you don't want people in your community who are longing for something else. Um, But it's an interesting phenomenon. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I hate it when that happens, but really it's good. It's good for the overall, for the universe at large, right? Yes. We're helping the universe get clarity. Um, (laughs) The other thing that I've really observed and this kind of a theory I have about, you know, if you really struggle to make a decision, it's like this intense learning moment for you. You are often the best person to then talk about that change. So what I'm thinking of is those people who've really had kind of a tough discernment period, kind of a tough explorer period. They've been back and forth either because of the finances or the the, the geographic change for them. Um, I'm just thinking about one of our um, explorers who kind of came and went. In fact, we've had several who've come and gone. Mm-hmm. And when they come back, And because they've gone through that internal kind of churn and burn, they are the best advocates and they can really, really come alongside others who are having a a tougher decision-making process and really help them. I mean, I can think of one case that has to do with finances where, Mm -hmm. you know, they decided they couldn't afford it and then they figured it out and they came back and they're really, really great talking to people who have concerns about money. And then I'm thinking about another person who, um, you know, had really went very quickly into this after a big life change for them and then realized that they jumped too quickly. And so they pulled back and after a year are now in it, I mean, you know, up to their neck and over and just enthusiastic and evangelizing everywhere (laughs) because they had this kind of you know, they understand it from more angles and they tend to be more uh, active uh, members in terms of helping to escort explorers. And and that brings me to to one of the things that I really like, I didn't mention at the beginning, but that we've been doing to help keep explorers involved. And that's two of those people I'm thinking of who went through a kind of a more difficult bumpy ride on their way into becoming members. They now act as, I mean, I'm kind of calling like explorer shepherds or whatever you want to call them, but, you know, they come alongside and stay in touch with explorers on the phone. They make sure that they know what's coming up, make sure that they're getting their questions answered or getting plugged into the right people or the right resources to get their questions answered. And I really like the way that's been working out. Yeah, same. I feel like it makes it possible for explorers to be more involved in meetings, you know, because I mean, one, they just know when they are and how yeah. to get into them. And that's, that is in and of itself super helpful. Um, but then I also think that, you know, not when you don't know a group really well, it's hard to figure out who do I talk to about a topic, particularly topics that might be sensitive, you know, it's hard to know who uh, to trust. So when you have these kind of shepherd people who you already trust, it's, it's good to ask them what their opinion is. Right. Right. I like that too. You know, the other thing that people tell us that um, 
I think was a little bit of a hurdle for me personally at the beginning, coming from a real kind of corporate, you know, very tight control on uh, information and is just the way we open up absolutely everything. So we have this Dropbox with thousands. I, I, you know, I should do a count on that. I, I, would, I would really like to know that metric. Thousands of documents in there that we just open up. You know, we just say, hey, come on in, dig around. You know, we just go on trust and faith that people aren't gonna, you know, steal it, destroy it, whatever. And um, people have really appreciated that because it's probably the most transparent project of this nature that people will ever get involved in. It's all out there. Yeah. Lynn, I feel like this is like the, um, the training wheels for living with a common house. Like <laughs> you have to just trust it's open. It's there. People aren't going to destroy it. Things aren't going to walk away. You know, it's, it's all good. If something happens, it can be fixed. It's, our Dropbox training for Common House Thank Life. Thank you for that, <laughs> Kelly. That is yep. really great. Well, I, I guess that I guess there's just kind of one last big question I might have. Is there such a thing as a bad explorer? <laughs> I don't think that there is. I mean, I think that, you know, people who who make this jump, right? Who who decide to to figure it out and swim around in our pool a little bit, you know, that, that even if they don't wind up being a community member, or even if they like do the orientation and then you just don't hear from them again, mm-hmm. you know, that's okay. Because that's the point of being an explorer is to see if it's for you. And honestly, the people who, you know, do an orientation and, you know, don't attend meetings or don't show up for the community, it's, we learned that about them. They weren't going to be probably great community members anyway, right. because if they don't show up as an explorer, they're probably not going to show up as a member. Um, and they learned about us that they don't have the, you know, this longing for community. This isn't what that is for them. Um, or maybe they're just not ready for it. You know, there are times in people's lives when they're just not ready to do this. Um, so yeah. So what do you think, Lynn? Is there such thing as a bad explorer? No, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, everybody is a, um, you know, they are just doing what they're doing, however they do it. So they, some people just barely dabble around the edges and others just jump, dive into the deep end. And that's all part of the process. So we welcome all. And uh, if you've heard anything here today that makes you curious about becoming an explorer, uh, send us an email or call us. All the information is on the website at the bottom. So thanks for stopping by. We're glad you clicked on our episode today. For more information about our project, Cohousing Houston, just go to cohousinghouston.com and subscribe to our newsletter. For general information about cohousing, we like cohousing.org. We're really active on social media, so check out what's happening in Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Cohousing Houston. Have a good day. Bye.